What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This is our sixth podcast. And how you doing this week, Ozzy? Pretty good. You know, survived uh, Hurricane Ida, uh, you know, made out no, no damage on this side. And, uh, you know, we march on uh, to this, uh, you know, glorified, I guess, you know, London card, a bunch of UK fighters that I hate all the time. But, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our thing here, fresh off that bloodbath that uh, most people had to go through last week. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward a little bit past this fight. You know, we got contender series back, but, uh, but we got a few, a few, a few uh, plays we like this week. Yeah, last week was definitely a bit depressing. Our three big ones there were Brady, Battle, and Barbosa, and only one of those came through. Although Brady, you know, plus 155 for a split decision. I thought he lost the fight, but uh, it was close and uh, not not necessarily a bad bet. And Edson, you know, definitely let us down. Giga looks really good, a lot better than a lot of us expected. Um, so, yeah, that was our first mutual losing event of the entire podcast. I lost 2.57 units. Uh, what about you, Ozzy, on better Um, I think I was like a unit, yeah, 1. 1.5, 1.53 units down. Um, I will say, though, you know, two things. One, I think every play that I kind of, you know, endorsed for the most part got steamed, you know, between Barboza, Brady. Brady, I think, closed like plus 108 on uh, the sharpest MMB book. I think Battle closed like minus 230. Uh, and then, you know, I, I told told everyone Al Hassan was legit. You shitted all over that play. Um, and he he bumped, <laughs> he hit his win condition, as as, as some would say. Um, you know, I shitted uh, all over him as a person, not necessarily. Shit it all over. Hey, did you, you, did you said, see my you tweet? That, I, I redeemed myself. The Italian should be minus 300, man. I don't know. Well, hey, hey, like I said, I sent out the tweet that he got the cycle right. I saw the exactly. difference in the pictures of the muscle tone, and that was the only reason why, because Al Hassan hit that HGH cycle just right. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. win, win condition up the wazoo right there. This is what it is. I'm talking shit. But and then and then, you know, the best play, I think, was the uh, Sabatini uh, submission, you know, plus 550, 500, six, wherever you got it. Uh, you know, we did a little bit of a money line play on him uh, and that obviously hit. So, you know, I'll tell you personally, I made <laughs> I made out fine last week, especially at PFL as well, when you include that into it um, and the Jake and, and being able to get on Jake Paul. So very good, good week of combat sports uh, for me. But I'll say once again, you know, all those plays got steamed. I was trying to add on battle late and it's it's kind of a you know i know people are looking for winners but if all the plays keep getting steamed might have to reconsider a little bit of the format here um but and and gm3 right we had gm3 submissions so that's another so i didn't really track everything i was at a dog you know nowadays people have dog birthdays so i had to you know show face at one of those that's why you know i was no fucking get- way that's where you were I swear to god uh it was so did you watch eight. gerald mearshart fight no no i I, no, I didn't watch it live. No. So no. you watched a dog party instead of Gerald Mearshart hey, pulling off one I'll of the tell biggest you right now, all year. Yes, I'll tell you, chicks dig dog parties, so that's all that matters. Um, chicks I dig talk, Gerald Mearshart, bro. Chicks do dig Gerald Mearshart. I hope a lot of people sign up to his gym and go grapple with that lovely man, especially clean shaven. I love. I like the clean shaven, but I only caught um, the battle. The battle fight was the first fight that I saw live, um, and you know, I I, w- I got a little bit of a of a D-Rod because someone texted me. They're like, hey, um, what's his name? Kevin Lee won the first round. I was like, all right, yeah, you know, definitely bet. You know, I, I signed on real quick and got like 
plus two fifty or whatever on on D Rod. So you know, I made out I made out fine last week. So bet MMA, what like whatever. Like I, all, <laughs> most of these plays, you know, came through overall, and uh, you know, I think we're looking we're looking good overall. So yeah, I think I think your your predictions last week were better than mine. So uh, sure, you deserve that one. So ten fights this week. Um, not the strongest card, but there's a few low key bangers in here. Uh, not the worst card ever. And uh, let's get right into it. The first fight is in the Bantamweight division. We have Jonathan Martinez as the minus 160 favorite taking on Marcelo Rojo plus 140. I'll let you start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking? Uh, this seems like a pretty fun action fight at 135. What are your thoughts on this one? Man, so, you know, we got uh, Marcelo Rojo coming in here. Second second uh, UFC fight. He's uh, He's been training with, I think... Uh, What's his name? Brandon Brandon Moreno. Uh, he came in on short notice in that Jordan fight up at 145 when his, his career used to most mostly has been at uh 135. But the guy has not fought very good competition. That um Jordan fight was his first fight in almost two years. So I'm not sure what his career trajectory is. If you look at his record, most of the time when he goes out of the first round, he gets finished. He's only won one decision in his career. Um, and Jonathan Martinez, I've you know I've I've been lukewarm on him for the most part overall. Um, I liked him. I think uh, you know in a few spots, but you know if you look at his career, I think the way he uses his striking is pretty crafty. He's pretty intelligent in the pocket. You know that Davy Grant fight. I was on Davy Grant there just because the line was was way too wide. But you know the 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 speed that this guy throws his kicks. I mean to be honest, if if uh, Martinez kick boxed with uh charles jordan you know i don't think he'd get blown out in any way shape or form no. I, I think that i think that he he has better kicks than jordan i think jordan might have better hands but jordan loses the first round all the time i mean i i think i, I i'm high on jonathan martinez overall in that 135 division he struggles to make the weight for sure but the guy has power um his defense is is pretty solid you know i, I was surprised that, that he got uh, cold cocked by uh davy grant like that but davy grant has shown improvement for sure i think he's he's definitely way better than um marcelo rojo so i think this line is pretty dumb you know i don't really understand it very much i don't think marcelo rojo has you know he has a lot of submissions on his, i mean a lot of fin uh, submissions but he has a lot of finishes on his record but his ground game is not very good i don't think like the, the only reason i think he has some uh submissions on his record is the level of competition that he that he had fought um in you know the regional scene and you know the guy slows down you know a ton he had a break from like a bs eye poke uh in that jordan fight and he still gassed horribly he's uh going on 33 years he's 33 years old you know i don't i don't see any improvement Coming from him, so I already have some tracked action on um, Jonathan Martinez here at like minus one fifty eight, minus one fifty five. Um, I think that's a very, very fair line. I think there's value on it. I think he has the you know easy opportunity to finish uh, Marcelo Rojo. I give Marcelo Rojo a very slim chance uh, to to win a decision here, and I think it would be mostly predicated on. Martinez really struggling to to make that 135 limit uh, and, you know, coming in slow and then Marcelo Rojo jumping on him early. But I feel if Jonathan Martinez shows up, uh, comes out his usual strategy, you know, chops at the legs here on Rojo, I think he's going to have a ton of success. Rojo had a lot of success kicking at the legs of Jordan, but I don't see that uh, being a, a real path here versus him. And you saw when, once Jordan found that range, started feeling good, he, uh, he started landing that left hand in the pocket. And I think the same thing is going to happen here and i think martinez eventually gets to him if not you know he'll win a decision because he's definitely going to win the third round um and i think the you know the minus 155 or 160 is definitely value 
Nice. Starting off with a strong take on the money line here. I agree with most of what you said. Um, Rojo doesn't seem to do too well uh, versus Southpaws, but I think you can't take too much negative away from that Jordan fight because it was short notice. It was up a weight class. He did win the first round. I thought he put up a respectable effort, and you kind of got to be grateful for that because that's probably why we're getting the better line on Martinez. Now, I do agree that Martinez should be a little bit closer to minus 170, minus 200, honestly. Um, and I have a bet on this fight. I did send out a tweet about it about 24 hours ago. And, uh, you know, the Martian definitely steamed this line. The Martian fans are out there listening because I bet fight ends by knockout at plus 165. It's already down to plus 130. It's already down on FanDuel Whoa. as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that definitely is all me. I'm taking full credit for that shit. Um, and that that's going to hit, you know, uh, these guys are going to strike. Uh, neither guy's a grappler. Uh, I'll be pretty shocked to see any offensive grappling from either guy here. And Martinez got power. You know, he knocked down a lot of his recent opponents. He knocked down signs, uh, Lou Grant early. And he's also a little bit reckless on the counter. Like, uh, Grant was able to hit him a lot of shots with uh, his hands in round two there. Kind of a weird performance from Martinez there. I mean, he hurt Grant early, and then it seemed like he was doing nothing in round two, just getting outboxed. And then, like you said, he eventually got flatlined with a, a punch from Grant there. But Grant is a sneaky good boxer. Um, and, you know, I don't put, uh, I don't think that's a lot of what to do with this matchup versus Rojo. I mean, they're such different fighters. So I'm expecting a striking fight. I'm expecting Martinez to win. And I like the fight to end by knockout of plus money. So uh, we're in agreement here. And uh, let's get on to the next fight in the middleweight division. We have Marc-Andre Begut as the minus 170 favorite, taking on Dolce Lungambula plus 145. And Begut's been a pretty popular pick this week. He got bet pretty hard this past week. And I do think he has decided to be on here, but I have a little bit of concerns here because uh, Bayou typically struggles getting taken down. Uh, we saw that in the park fight. He got taken down by Andrew Sanchez a few times. Um, and Dolce is an aggressive wild wrestler. I don't think he's got really any great wrestling technique per se, but the guy is strong. He's aggressive and he can kind of just charge at you and, you know, get a suplex or a double leg of some sort like he did early on versus Marcus Perez. But other than, than that early bum rush takedown, I don't see much of a top game from Dolce. I don't think his striking is any good. He kind of just wings up wild punches. And I think MAB has got a lot better process. I think he's got the better cardio for sure. I mean, Dolce in rounds two and three versus Perez, he did virtually nothing in those entire rounds. So I give a big cardio advantage to Bayut here. I think he throws more strikes. Uh, and I think he's just a lot more conventional of a fighter. So unless... He gets caught with some big punch early on here from uh, Dolce. Uh, I don't see him getting out-wrestled here, and I think he's going to outstrike Dolce. So I think the action coming in on Bayut is correct, and uh, you might get an even better live price on Bayut after round one here. Uh, Dolce is going to probably have his best round early, and you might want to look to add some more in the live line on Bayut here. So I like uh, the Canadian here to win. What are you thinking about this matchup, Ozzy? Yeah, so uh, when I first saw the short favorite price on Bayut, uh, MAB, uh, I thought, hey, you know, that's probably mispriced a little bit. Um, I was on Perez against Dolce, and I thought, I mean, I think it was in that first round when Dolce went for like a big takedown and, and, uh, Perez went for his neck that he was going to submit him there, but then he, he completely wilted, uh, under the pressure of, uh, Dolce. And 
I just can't. Yeah, you know, Steam's coming in on 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 MAB. There's no way that I'm touching it at this point. Um, and I'm at, I'm honestly getting a little bit interested on, on the Dolce side. If you look at MAB, the guy he barely gets out of first gear. Um, he's got he his record is littered with uh, split decisions. You know, both in his favor and and that he loses. Um, so you know, I I don't really trust him all that much. Uh, Dolce for for all the you know we say hey you know his cardio is pretty bad. He's five and zero in decisions, so you know I'm throwing out a stat for you there. You know I'm a big stat guy, and he's fought. I mean, when he was fighting over in Africa and EFC, he's fighting light heavyweights. He's fighting heavyweights over there. It's you know this is crazy. So this guy's a, a physical specimen. I think you know people are probably not giving him that much credit, and I think it's gonna be tough for MAB to finish this guy, even though MAB has a lot of finishes on his record. Um, you know, I, I I just don't think that he has that much uh, power. I think uh, he he he's just not aggressive enough for me to to think that he's going to go out there and uh, pursue this finish over a guy who's as scary as Dolce is, especially early on. You know, I know he he got uh, Abu out of there uh, late there. But Abu completely fell apart there. Um, that fight was super close. I think Abu definitely won the first round. I think MAB uh, ended up uh, pulling away the second round, like towards like the last minute and a half there. But I, I felt it was a close round, and then he he dominated him in, in in the third round and finished him. And I was on MAB there, so you know I, I'm 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 lukewarm on him overall. I was on him against uh, Pihota too, but you know I just don't think this guy is is that great. I know people are saying, oh, he's at Sanford, this and you know and and, and for sure, he's got some good training partners there. But when I'm looking at them, um, you know, Beirut, he on, on the feet, he doesn't throw that many kicks. He's he's mostly punches. So if these guys are in the pocket here, Beirut gets hit with a tons of punches. You see his face all the time. It's all reddened up from getting punched in the face. So I don't really trust this guy at chalk. Um, you know, if you got him under minus 140, I think that's a that's a good spot. But other other than that, I think um, you know, as this price improves, and I think it will continue to improve um i think uh dolce is probably the side uh here if this goes north of plus 150 um if, if you look at mab and all the fights that he that he's lost um he's gotten soundly outstruck uh you know park took him down five times andrew sanchez took him down twice so his 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 uh you know parks parks a good wrestler you know he's underrated wrestler but he's not you, you wouldn't say he's like oh man this guy has amazing takedowns and this you know he, he he's Taking down guys like John Phillips, Tafan, who Tafan he can't wrestle anyone, and and MAB right, but he he got completely dominated by Ange, uh, Anthony Hernandez. So I don't think it's that far fetched to say that Ocho will be able to to take down MAB because this guy is just he's a tank. Like there's no other way to put it. He's a truck on top. Like like I like to to say a lot of times. Um, and I think that Dolce, you know, I, I I've I've heard you know here here and there that. Uh, he's he's working, you know, good uh, over there at um, I think it's ex Extreme Couture. He's doing well with uh, with a lot of guys, and uh, you know, I think that he he might be the side here. But um, I'm I'm not interested until uh, this price inflates a little bit, and I think it will continue to do so. But um, you know, not laying the juice here on M and B for me. Word. So we're gonna disagree on this one. I'll, I'll say that uh, I like M and B's aggression. I don't think. Dolce is a truck on top, and I value uh, training at Sanford with guys like Robocop, guys like Brendan Allen. I value that pretty well over uh, Extreme Couture. So, um, 
I'll, I'll pick MAB to justify minus 170, even at this price, and uh, you'll be on the other side here. Um, let's move on to the next fight, another fun matchup. Uh, this is a catchweight fight. I just realized that for the first time. We got Charles Jordan, minus 180, taking on Julian Juicy J. Arosa, plus 155. I'll let you start this one off, Ozzy. What are your thoughts on this uh, fun, uh, I guess it's the featherweight, but uh, catchweight fight? Yeah, man. I'll tell you straight up. I'm I'm on Juicy J here. I like him uh, at this plus price. You know, the the narrative is mostly that you know his chin is shot. You know, Jordan's gonna get to him. But Jordan, if you look at his fights, um, a lot of times he loses the first round. Uh, except for when he fights uh, Andre Feely, and I have a five unit bet on Andre Feely, and he wants to make me sweat it. Um, only guy that he that he could be. But um, I think that today that interview came out where I knew this already beforehand, and I I, I had to I didn't tell you before. I had to share it other where uh, uh, other places but i've heard that you know juicy j is trying to get that contract extended you know keep people are getting cut left and right off of losses and he's coming you know maybe to grapple a little bit here against jordan if you look at jordan you know coolibau uh, rojo Choi, green all these guys beat him in the first round it takes him a while to get going and he's more of a traditional um you know uh knockout you know just knockout guy uh even marcelo rojo marcelo rojo goes down pretty much if you watch that fight from body shots uh to jordan and juicy j you know he gets knocked out by uh, uh choi gets flatlined there but choi's got a monster left hook he's got way more power than jordan does uh at 140 i mean this guy can barely makes 145 uh, uh choi does so you know and then rsa R, if, in that rsa fight i was on uh juicy j at like plus 500 and it took a head kick from hell you know to get him out of there so and and then he got knocked out by Devonte smith so jordan does not have uh that the power that i think is going to for sure sleep juicy j and i think Juicy J overall is a better fighter than Jordan, if I'm being honest with you. I think he has a better clinch game. I think his outside, you know, jab and his condition, I mean, his conditioning is probably equal. Um, and then overall, better camp, I feel. Jordan just got his black belt, but to be honest with you, I think it's like a so-so black belt, if I'm being honest. And I think that at the plus price, like plus 155 on, on, you know, he was plus 170 earlier on this week, but at plus 155, there's still value on this, uh, in my opinion. Um, because, because like, uh, Julian Arosa, if he doesn't get knocked out, the fight's competitive. And if he doesn't get knocked out, he can finish you at any time, whether it be on the ground. Uh, you saw in that um, Woodson fight, he does not go away. He's got a submission game. Uh, he's got um, he's got some takedowns. He has clinchability. Um, and he's got way more experience. And I think he's got almost like, uh, what, like triple the fights that Jordan does. I think uh, Jutsi J has close to 35 fights. Um, so, I mean, there's no way, no way that I would lay this minus 180 price. I mean, it's like stealing for the books to to be able to take plus 180 on Julian Arosa. They're laughing to the bank here. So um, I'll be on, on on Arosa for probably multiple units here. Um, and let's see how what happens. I hope his shin holds up. I hope that plus that 150 uh, catch weight helps him out. I heard that he was at like uh, you know upwards of 170 here. But let's see. I like Jordan. He does some cool stuff. He switches stances, has some good kicks. Not discounting him at all. But but at this this uh, uh, price I have to back uh, Julian Arosa. I mean, I like Julian Arosa a lot too, but I just think his chin and his defense problems are, are so bad at this point that you can't really back him with any confidence in, in this matchup. Um, I mean, if we look at his recent fights, I mean, you forgot to mention where he got wobbled a little bit by Nate Landwehr there. I mean, he almost took a one knee versus Landwehr, which is not a good sign, but I mean, he's been dropped in 
you know, five or six of his past seven fights, knocked out in several of them. The Choi knockout was really bad. And that was June 19th. I mean, that was 10 weeks ago. He got flatlined. So, I mean, I think he's coming back a little bit too soon. What happened here. with Terman last week? What happened with Terman? We were sure he was going to get knocked out. And- no, 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 that's not true. We weren't sure of anything. I, I mean, we were, skepti- we were skeptical of, of his chin. But, I mean, he's also taken a lot less career damage than Julian Rosa has. I mean, he- Terman's only like 25 or 26, too. Rosa is, is, is not young. Uh, like you said, 35 fight veteran at this point. And... Um, one also thing you said that was a little bit wrong was Jordan did drop Rojo with a straight left hand to the head in that fight, but eventually did find the finish due to body shots. Um, but I mean, plus 155, I'm not going to f- firmly disagree. I'm definitely not in a rush to, to lay Jordan uh, chalk here, uh, especially considering that he does typically lose the first round. He got dropped by Cooley Bow, had a tough first round versus Rojo. Um, so the guy is prone to, to starting slow. So I guess Erosa is the side at, at plus one fifty five here. Um, you should probably take some of that knockout early knockout props as well. Um, but I just it's hard to avoid the inevitable feeling that that Erosa is going to get rocked some point really badly in this fight. And uh, you know his durability is just such a concern. Um, I think the ends by knockout in this fight is, is good value too as well. I mean even at minus one fifteen, even at juice odds. Uh, I mean, Eros's fights are always looking like they're going to end by knockout on both sides. I mean, he's a good pressure striker. He knows how to how to pressure opponents and, and figure them out as they go. It's just a matter of can he survive that early storm, that early first shot that he takes. And, you know, this point in his career, I can't have any faith in him to do that. Uh, I mean, I, I was... I bet him in his past two fights. I mean, I bet him against Landwehr, and I thought we got a little bit lucky scraping that one out. I mean, it looked like he could have, uh, you know, got finished at any point in that landwear fight too. So I like Yorosa a lot as a fighter. Uh, I do agree that he's the better grappler here. He does have a grappling path to victory, but the guy is not enough of a reliable wrestler, I think, to, to really back him. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the bet on him at plus 150 here at all. So I guess it's dog or pass, but I'm still picking Jordan. I'll leave it at that. I got to pick Jordan knockout. So uh, bet on ends by the knockout here, minus 115. And that's going to take us to the next fight which is in the band and weight division. We got undefeated Jack Shore as the minus 600 favorite taken on uh, Ludovic Shalinian, who is coming off the contender series at plus 400. Uh, I think Shalinian is how you say it. So um, Shalinian only has about four or five fights uh, available on tape. And honestly, the guy's tape isn't bad. He had some decent performances on the, the, Ultimate Fighter. He uh, beat the number one seed Raposo there. Uh, Raposo, I think, is a, a wrestler, right, Ozzy? And he ended up getting out wrestled in that fight, out grappled by yeah, Shalinian. In 25. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So he's, they, you could see the size difference there. Um, and then he put up a, a, a valiant effort against uh, Tertius, but was pretty soundly beaten there as well. Um, I've been skeptical of Shore for a while now. Both of us were skeptical of him in his last fight. We were betting on Azure there. Uh, rewatching that, I was actually a little bit more impressed with Shore, but I still have a lot of questions about the guy. Um, I think people who are you know looking for a, a good parlay piece this weekend are like parlaying the inside the distance for Shore. I disagree with that. I think that Shalinian is, is tough. He's competent enough everywhere that he could probably see a decision here. Um you know, outside of rear naked chokes, Shore is not that great of a finisher. He's not going to finish you on the feet. Uh, Shalinian should actually, I mean, I can't see any way that he's going to win the fight here. I mean, he, I don't think he's the better grappler or striker, but I don't think he's completely blown out of the water uh, here. So uh, it's dog or pass, even at these odds. 
And, uh, you know, Shalinian might put up a, a decent fight, might have some grappling success here. So, uh, you thinking uh, along the same lines as Miyazi, or you think that uh, Shura is going to make easy work here? Yeah, you know, I, I, I refreshed on, um, on Ludovic here because when I was going into, when I was just seeing the cast come out, I was curious, like, curious to see if you know potentially he can make a run uh there to to win the the tournament you know i've definitely been skeptical about sure he beat i mean thing is when you have a grappler that comes out of uh out of uh, the uk you have to be skeptical about them but sure is like the closest thing i think uh the uk is gonna have to khabib i mean the most budget <laughs> four man's like bum khabib possible um you saw in that azure fight the first time he fought any uh someone who knew anything about what a gramby role is about how you know getting your hips over your opponent any of that stuff you know he's losing position all the time uh to to, to azure and you know while i agree that when i rewatch that fight i'm like yeah you know duffy sure won that fight it was a close fight i thought um I thought, you know, if they fought again, I'll bet Azure. You know, you give me the same price. It was like plus like 200 or close that. I'll I'll take Azure again uh, versus Shore. I think some slight adjustments uh, could get him to win that fight. Um, but, you know, I'll give Shore credit. He's the meta of fighting and grappling. He knows the dominant positions. He knows, um, you know, I used to teach kids jujitsu all the time. And I would tell them, you know, because they get, they'll get taken down. And as soon as they get taken down, they'll get, you know, bottom mount, right? The other kid will get, and I'm like, hey, look, if you can't defend the takedown, think of the next position. And sure is always ahead of these guys. He knows to go to mount, to take the back, to get the hooks, all those things. So, I mean, I'm looking at, at this fight here. Sure, I don't like his striking at all. But, you know, I'm looking, I, I, I watched that Cachero fight with Ludovic, and Cachero's like so scrambly under Ludovic. He's reversing him. Like, Ludovic had some good takedown entries, but some of his takedowns were pure garbage. Uh, but as at times, he would get into some takedowns that were really, really good. So I think this potentially could be a tough fight for sure. If Short thinks it's going to be an easy fight, I think he's in trouble. I mean, minus 600, I think, is too much. So, you know, I, I probably will take a little bit of a shot on Ludovic or maybe fade some kind of thing with uh with Shore because I just don't think that uh Ludovic's going down uh going out easily. I will say Shore is pretty big for one like just like I think he cuts a lot of weight like he's pretty full and strong for 135. So I think if he does get on top of Ludovic for extended periods of time, I think Ludovic could be in trouble because I don't think his bottom game is that developed. But um in the wrestling I think he could potentially do some similar things that Azure did. I think he probably could counter a little bit more um, that Azure, you know, Azure was just completely scared to actually shoot takedowns or, you know, attack Shore very much. You know, he was good at working off the fence at times. But, um, you know, and then on the feet, you saw in that Ricky fight, Ludovic's not scared to trade in the pocket. I think that Shore, he's talking about his Muay Thai and all this garbage. Like, this guy does not have any. Sh uh, uh, Jack Shore is getting iced soon. I'll tell you that right now. He's getting ice soon. Um, and I think that this treatment right here is kind of treating him more or less like he's a top 10 guy. And I just don't see it. I don't believe it. I think he's going to get, you know, beat up uh, pretty soon. Pr probably this is not the spot, but I don't love the inside the distance. Play paying, uh, you know, juice on Shore inside the distance. Don't like that at all. Um, you know, he pissed me. I hate Jack Shore just because Aaron Phillips tapped like one second to go to get me that over one and a half. I was fuming. I was Brutal. like absolutely fuming that day. It was just ridiculous. Um, and I mean, Shore, I mean, you see the guys that Shore has beat. A bunch of like puny guys, real tiny dudes like Aaron Phillips, Noellen 
Hernandez, who could barely win fights on Combate. This guy has not fought real guys. So Ludovic is Ludovic could probably be the best win on his record. And this is the most juice you're gonna ever have to pay on Jack Shore. It's completely ridiculous. The minus six hundred is probably gonna cash. But again, the books are like you're gonna get plus six hundred. That's like a what is that? Like fifteen percent. 14% win condition. Completely ridiculous. Um, so give me Ludovic probably here. Hopefully the parlay boys come out and they keep doing this. And you know, we get like plus 500, 550 on Ludovic. Um, maybe we could take the over here or over two rounds. Something. Yeah, starts maybe. starts round three, minus one thirty-four on yeah, Fandle right now. That's yeah, a good maybe bet. a maybe a starts round three, thinking that maybe uh, you know, short because short he has some good takedowns. I'll give him credit against the fence, all that he has some good takedowns for sure. But I think Ludovic. Ludovic could probably uh, keep getting up, and his cardio is decent. Like in the in the third round against Azure, he did perform well, and it was his best round of the fight. Um, but I think that Ludovic could probably survive early um, if, if if you know he he's smart and you know his cardio is okay, even though he is on short notice. So I'll, I, I'm probably going to try and fade some kind of you know those uh, early shore um, you know props and maybe take this, some of that round three. Um, but shore is getting ice soon. I'm I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. But I'm you know we'll, we'll see. If it, how involved I get, but um, but you know, I think that Shore probably gets it done here by decision. I think um, just with these takedowns, putting Ludovic against the fence, he, he's able to be in this small cage um, and able to implement his game well. So, you know, interesting fight here. I wish that you know we would have had Shore versus either of those first two guys, but um, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I don't really know. Oh yeah, he was supposed to fight better guys, uh, but yeah, they uh. Yeah, it's a bummer. Interesting lot, interesting uh, matchmaking there. Um, but yeah, it's not like Shalinian has ever been like soundly outgrappled on his tape either. So sure, minus six hundred, definitely off there. Moving on to probably the worst fight on the card: women's flyweight division. Uh, we have uh, a near pick'em here: Molly the Can McCann minus one thirteen, taking on Gion Kim minus one oh seven. I'll let you start this one off, Ozzy, on this high level affair. What are you thinking about this one? I mean, look. The the only side I ever pick is against Molly McCann or I pass. Like there's, I'm, I will never back Molly McCann with any dollars ever. Um, you know, her path to victory here is getting in on, um, on Kim's, on Kim's hips. If these girls keep stay on the, on the, on, uh, on the outside and striking, I think Kim's in a bomb away on her. Um, you know, Molly probably is going to have some counters at some point, uh, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, throw some haymakers. I, I know someone compared Molly McCann to, you know, Frankie Edgar. Um, so, you know, maybe she could work in her, her, her blitzes and takedowns in there, but, uh, but, um, Kim's been in the U S for a, a while now. She's at, I believe, Syndicate MMA. Um, you know, she's been there, like I said, for a while. Um, and I think she's been working with some good girls there. I think she's been working with uh, maybe, has she been working with my girl, uh, Casey O'Neill, not sure, but either way, Molly McCann just she's not a good fighter. Um, you know, she she'll get if she does not get takedowns. Even if she does get takedowns here, I think Kim potentially could get back up to her feet and give Molly McCann you know hell on the feet. Her she's got like an eight inch reach advantage. Um, Molly for for all her um for for all the time that she's been in the sport has not really developed that much of a of a um like good top game that she links a lot of stuff together. I know she almost got that arm bar on Lara Procopio, but you know, I just don't believe in any, any parts of her game that, you know, uh, blend in together. And I feel that Kim, you know, she, she fought against Grasso. I think she actually won that first round against Grasso. Um, or it was slightly competitive. Then Grasso started, you know, getting that timing on her and, and, and catching her with tons of punches. But I think that 
probably Kim is a side here. I don't think I'm going to get involved unless I could get Kim at maybe a plus price. And I here are some people that, you know, like Molly here, but there's no way that I'm interested in her at any price, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, and it's probably going to be a complete pass for me. Yeah, it looks like this might be your first camp at Syndicate, but training with uh, Norma Dumont and Joanne Calderwood. That's some pretty good training partners there. And I agree that Kim should be the much better striker here. I guess I could see some path of McCann just like pressuring and spamming strikes. Maybe Kim isn't too comfortable in the small cage, but I mean, technique wise, Kim is much better. The better boxer knows how to use her length pretty well. And the only way I see McCann winning is hitting takedowns here. I do think McCann has a good understanding of winning rounds. She does typically shoot takedowns late in rounds to kind of secure close rounds. So maybe she can kind of maneuver her way into doing that here. Lauren Murphy is also good at that. You know, that last 30 seconds, 60 seconds, shoot a takedown in a close round. Sometimes you could steal it on the judges' scorecards. But Kim's takedown defense isn't that bad. I think that she's a good overall fighter. And at pick and price, I do agree Kim's the side. and doesn't feel great backing her at this minus price here, but I think McCann would need some really good, you know, fortunate sequencing here with those takedowns at the end of the rounds because she's going to be getting outboxed uh, most of the fight, in my opinion. So I'll pick a uh, Kim decision here as well. And that's going to move us on to the first fight of the main card, lightweight division. We have Patty Plimp. Pimblet making his UFC debut, minus 156, taking on Luigi Vendermini. Uh, man, this is a. These guys have a really English names and really Italian names. And I don't think either guy is that good, honestly. I think the Vendermini is the better striker of the two. Pimblet is the better grappler. But in those respective disciplines, neither guy is, you know, blowing each other out of the water, in my opinion. Neither guy is that great. Vendermini uh, as a striker, we saw him hurt Ari early and swarm him with some strikes. We saw him have some late success against Ferris ZM with his strikes. So if Vendermini can just pressure Pimblet, throw together some strikes, I think he should connect on Pimblet because what I've seen from Pimblet's boxing defense, it's terrible. I mean, the guy pulls his head back in a straight line and watching his fights, I didn't study the guy intensively, but I watched his past five fights and I didn't see much improvement from the guy. I mean, I think he's a guy who, if he gets takedowns, he can win the fight, but I'm not seeing any improvement in his striking. His defense isn't getting any better. Um, I don't think his wrestling is that great. And when guys, when guys stuff his takedowns, he really runs out of ideas. I've seen lots of his fights where he stuff his takedowns get stuffed and he just holds on the legs for three or four minutes. Just hoping some miracle is going to happen, but I don't think the guy is good at coming back from losing. I don't think he's been in many tough fights over there in cage warriors. When he starts losing, he typically just gets dominated like in the Soren Bach fight, like in the uh, Nad Naramani fight. So I don't rate Pimblet too highly, but I do think he is the better grappler than Vendermini here. Uh, there's not a whole lot of type tape out there of Vendermini grappling, but um, I just ha didn't see good things early on in his regional fights. But uh, you know, it's hard to be confident in Pimblet here because he needs takedowns to win. I definitely don't think he can win the fight if it stays standing. And I don't think his grappling and wrestling is that reliable enough to trust at minus 150 here. So I'm going to say it's dog or pass in this one. I guess I'll still be picking Paddy Pimblet here. Um, but I give a striking, a cardio, probably a power advantage to Vendermini here. So maybe Vendermini knockout props have some value. Uh, and I'll definitely be cheering for uh, the Italian Vendermini here. What are your thoughts on this one, Ozzy? 
Yeah, you know, my my biggest issue with Patty Pimlet is, you know, I'm super skeptical about his cardio. I just, you know, I've seen just a bunch of his fights that he significantly slowed down that Julian Arosa fight, although it was at 145, he was hurling mm -hmm. after that fight, which was a robbery. He got a robbery hometown decision, um, but he's thrown up right after the fight. Um, but, you know, and I'm not high on uh, Luigi at all. I was huge on um, ZM. He gave me a nice sweat there, but, and I, and I faded him against, uh, uh, Yasim or whatever Ayari as well, but here you know I feel that you know he it, it, realistically he needs he's one and two in the UFC he has to know that Patty Pimlet is coming in here to uh, to wrestle uh, like you said if these guys are on the feet I think Vandermini probably could chop chop at this guy's legs uh, he he has better hands and you know you saw in the uh, um, in the Zim fight, which was in that big cage, that once uh, Luigi committed to coming forward, he landed on Zim, even though Zim was, you know, way better at, you know, keeping range than Patty Pimmel will ever, you know, even dream of being. So I think this small <laughs> cage, uh, he, he'll be able to track Patty down if Patty slows down even in the slightest bit. Uh, Patty's probably going to be super enthusiastic, so he should probably watch out for, like, flying knees and, you know, a bunch of bullshit. Everybody wants to fade Patty Pimlet, but, you know, uh, even though I say that, uh, action is coming in his, in his direction, but you always fade these British guys, man. No matter what, you fade these guys because these UK uh, betters just like molly mccann these, these guys are betting molly mccann right now so um you know i'm definitely gonna fade patty pimlet let's see guys don't steam don't bet it early wait <laughs> they will keep betting patty pimlet it's a fact they will do it um so you know i'm taking luigi here even though uh patty is probably like you said more i'll say he's a more dangerous grappler i'm not sure um you know in, in terms of if these guys are scrambling around if luigi can't you know keep top position and and escape and do certain things but um Patty's definitely more dangerous with the submissions. He's definitely looking to finish uh, way more than Luigi is. Um, but I, I, I trust Luigi um, a bit more here. Um, and I think that he's definitely the side here, especially as, you know, we're getting close to plus 140. You know, I, I, I and I don't know, when when was the last time uh, this guy fought? Uh, Patty, Patty hasn't fought in, uh, yeah, I guess he, he fought earlier this months. year. Yeah, he fought, fought earlier this year, but it was against like a, kind of a low walk dude. it was like a, yeah. a one and a half minute fight so he doesn't have that much cage time uh recent um and he was a former 145 er so i think luigi here could could win this fight especially late uh and i think he's he's a side here for sure and uh one other point um i just think patty has like a super inflated ego you know and the guy hasn't lost a minute of a fight since 2018 he's had two easy fights since then um so this is going to be the first time this guy's been tested in three years uh in the ufc in america i don't know if he's ever fought in america right um and you know this the guy, guy he'll hooked by stevie ray man come on and he's also just so reliant on back takes i mean most of his submissions are ruined chokes. it's not like the guy has uh, you know, incredible submissions from all areas. Um, he really is relying on that rear naked choke. And, uh, you know, I just, I just don't like the guys a fighter much. Uh, and, you know, hope, hoping to see he loses, even if he wins this fight, it's going to set up a nice future fade. So, uh, that'll this guy be got heel hooked by Stevie Ray in a grappling match. Bad sign. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the, uh, Next fight, let's see. It's in the light heavyweight division, I believe. Yep. We have Modestus Bukakis as the minus 155 favorite, taking on Khalil Roundtree plus 135. Uh, it's your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking about this big boy sure. matchup? 
my boy MB, you know, I was big on MB against uh, Jimmy Crew, and he's throwing kicks, you know, without, you know, naked kicks without defending his shim, and he got bombed down. Um, and I think is, you know, big potential this happening again here. You know, uh, Khalil Rountree, complete head case. No idea where he's training at right now. Uh, I know for his last fight, he was, um, he was at, what's it called, uh, uh, Tiger Muay Thai before that, um, fight against what's his name Prakniel where Prakniel is like plus 400 the most that's one of the most ridiculous lines I think you'll ever see you know Khalil Roundtree being a minus five he's eight and four and a minus 500 favorite if you bet, some people uh, thought he won that fight I don't care if Come you on. bet Khalil Roundtree there at minus 500 you're not gonna make it straight up you know even <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast probably not gonna help you um but, you know, let's get to this fight. You know, uh, Bukowskis, um, I think decent at range, 78-inch reach, uses his kicks well, has a long jab, has fought some decent guys. Um, both, you know, he's fought Hamlet uh, before he got to UFC, fought um, Andreas, even though Andreas looked like a bum in that fight against uh, the, the Canadian guy, uh, the Indian-Canadian dude. I think he's solid. Um, and, you know, he's fought some solid guys. So, I and and that uh, against uh, Mikal, I thought that was a, a, a pretty good fight overall. So, I think here against uh, Khalil, you know, Khalil is going to get a kickboxing fight. So, that's why it makes it a little bit volatile. And I understand why some people would want to bet Khalil because he has that power. Um, but this guy, he's just... He's just a mental midget, man. If, if Bukalkis can do anything against him, I feel he's going to fade. Bukalkis has great cardio. Um, he's actually, I think, very, uh, pretty well-rounded. He has not shown much of his grappling game, but um, I think he he would have the ground advantage if this somehow would uh, reach the floor. Um, and I just don't believe in Khalil Rountree at all. I don't think he is a UFC guy. He has some talent, right? But he's riding off of that Eric Anders win, right? Where he completely, I don't know what was wrong with Eric Anders that, that, that day. I hear that Khalil got like uh, hypnotized or something uh, that <laughs> fight, right? I think that's what Joe Rogan said, but no idea where that guy is. Never seen him again. Um, and the go concept. So he, he's, he's riding off of like a few real strange performances. So I think that Bukowskis is the side. Action is coming in on um, on Roundtree. I'm seeing some Bukowskis at like minus 146 here on, on FanDuel, best price. So I'm I'm gonna sit and wait because I feel people are gonna be most interested in Khalil because you know Bukowskis has not really won UFC fights. Um, but he's the side here, in my opinion. I think he'll be able to land some kicks on Khalil, keep him away, keep him at range, uh, and then hopefully not get hit with a bomb. I'm a little hesitant, honestly, because. I do have a lot of skepticism about Khalil Roundtree, and it's hilarious you brought up that Eric Anders fight. I mean, that guy won that fight and, and got on the Joe Rogan podcast off of that one fight. Crazy. I mean, imagine that. that you crazy. beat Eric Anders. And you get, he's got to be like the worst fighter that's ever been on, on Joe Hands Rogan's down. podcast. Um, so I see a lot of similarities between these guys re-watching their most recent fights. One, I'll start off, it, it should be pretty irrelevant, but both guys have really bad takedown defense, and they're both pretty bad off their back. But there's it's unlikely that there's going to be any grappling in this fight. Um, I also noticed that both guys are pretty awkward. You know, Bukakis uh, is kind of noodly at times. Uh, Khalil Roundtree honestly looks pretty stiff. You know, he's been taking that Muay Thai a little too seriously, staying in that stiff Muay Thai stance. And another success, uh, another similarity is both these guys have good success when they're throwing kicks, yet they don't kick enough. They both throw majority hands in their last fight. Um, and I think that they would be a lot better if they mix up their kicks. Um, 
one thing I saw from Killer Roundtree is when he's southpaw and he's fighting an orthodox fighter, he's getting that lead leg of his lit up, and that takes away a lot of the power out of his punches. And Khalil just tends to throw single shots. Like he'll throw a single straight left hand, a, a single check right hook, and he doesn't really follow it up much. Even when he briefly dropped uh, Prachnio in that fight, he was still following up with a single kick, a single punch. I mean, if he could have strung together a few shots there, he might have got Prochnio out of there. But most of that fight, he got outvolumed by the more versatile, the higher volume striker. And that's probably what's going to happen here. If this fight stays in the feet for 15 minutes, you definitely got to favor Bukakis if it gets to the decision. But it's also a striking fight. You're going to give Khalil the fight he wants. We're not likely to see any takedowns from Bukakis here. So uh, I think... You know, we might be seeing a little bit too much of a market correction here. Like you did say, Khalil was minus 400 in that fight. It was a a, a mildly competitive striking fight, uh, but I did think he lost rounds one and three there. Um, and now we're seeing him as the underdog here to Bukakis, who has struggled of his own right. Also, Bukakis probably should have won that fight against uh, uh, Chechuk. I mean, I thought there was a case he won all three rounds, honestly, but got kind of got unlucky in the scorecards there. So... I think it is a volatile striking fight. We could see either guy get knocked out here. Uh, I think that Roundtree is the more durable of the two, though. So uh, I'm leaning a little more towards Dogger Pass, although I'll still be picking Bukakis to win. Um, and I think he'll probably have a better live entry on Bukakis here. Khalil uh, is going to start round one pretty one pretty strong. And that happened versus Ola Chechuk. He, uh, he lost the first few minutes there, but kind of woke up and eventually rocked Ola Chechuk with a punch and kind of turned the tides there. So maybe look for a live bet here on Bukakis. Um, so a little less confident than you. In, in what I'll one. say is one, 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 one more piece of uh, analysis here is Bukalikas, uh in that fight against Ola Chechuk. You know, I got that name right. Um, yep. You know, I, I liked how he was circling away from that left hand, and I think he's gonna be because he did that last time. I trust that he's gonna be able to stay away from Khalil's uh, left hand here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, similar match. I mean, it's kind of hard. You know, uh, a taller, taller black guy, smaller white guy. It's kind of funny to compare the two of them, but their fighting styles. You know, kind of similar. Southpaw boxers don't throw a whole lot of kicks. Not the most high level, high level analysis, right there. I'm telling right, you, he, right, right. Oh, Lechechek had a real hard time landing that left hand there. Yeah, back to back matchups against a similar uh, south, uh, similar matchup. That's a good uh, benefit for Bukakis here. And moving on to the next fight, which takes place in the welterweight division, we have Alex Morono minus one twenty eight, Zawada plus one hundred eight. Zawada has been a pretty popular underdog, and. You know, I think I have kind of underrated Zawada throughout his career. Uh, he has been in four UFC fights. All four of them have been, you know, somewhat competitive. Um, the Jing Liang fight was probably the least competitive of them all, but he had a split decision against Danny Roberts, somehow found his way to a split decision against Amitiv. Uh, it was looking pretty bad for him against uh, Nurmagomedov, but he pulled off that crazy triangle. And, you know, the guy has terrible takedown defense, but he can throw up a good submission off his back. And he's a decent striker as well. But the reason why he made that fight close against Ameev was because he was able to scramble up from the top position. And Ameev is just a low volume striker. He's known for throwing, you know, only landing 50 or 60 strikes a fight. But Morono, I think, is a much higher volume striker, a much more reliable guy to throw high volume like he did in that Rice McKee fight. And Morono isn't known for wrestling. He definitely hasn't hit a lot of takedowns throughout his career, but he did hit a few against McKee because he knew that McKee is a bad defensive grappler. So Morono could possibly lean on that here, hit some easy takedowns because Zawada practically falls over at the first time 
you you grapple uh you grapple up with him. I mean, the guy's takedown defense is really bad, probably because he loves those submissions off his back too much. So if Morono can avoid that triangle, that armbar, he could get some top time here. And when the fight stays in the feet, I'm going to favor Morono with the higher striking volume as well. Um, but, you know, Zawada, like I said, has proved me wrong before. He might make the, comp uh, the striking more competitive than I expect here. So I believe we're in a disagreement here, Ozzy. What are your thoughts on, on uh, this matchup? Yeah, you know, I've bet on Zawada every single fight he's had in the UFC. So I'm down money on it. <laughs> I'm down money on him. Um, I thought that Ameev fight was, was you know, I thought he had an opportunity to win that fight, but Ameev is such a weasel. You know, I hate him. I'm glad I was able to get, <laughs> glad I was able to get some money back on him versus, or I guess that was his last fight. I don't know. I've tried to fade Ameev for forever. I got some money mm -hmm. on him uh, versus uh, mm -hmm. Rocco. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, any like the fact that you even brought up that you know reese mckee fight like just throw that just throw that thing completely out reese mckee's a complete bum mm -hmm. uh you know i i he, he he'll struggle to win fights you know in cage warriors uh it's ridiculous that he even had a fight in the ufc to be completely honest with you um you know i think morono that's the only time i think morono's ever look i mean i guess he looked good against pettis early on he stunned him but then pettis completely styled on him you know uh his chin looked shaky uh at times i think versus pettis obviously he got cleaned by uh chaos williams um max Gri Gri griffin if max griffin shot takedowns any earlier on him he would have won that fight and then zach otto he's also a bum so you know zawad has been in uh i gotta stop calling guys bums i want to be more respectful need to stop doing that but um zawad is not that not that bad either what's that zach otto is not that bad either. oh come on come on uh so wada's been at att for like five five or six months now um you saw the his uh polish i think uh Zawada's polish uh i'm not sure he's german germs okay my bad um but those, those two countries don't have a, a you know very friendly history either. <laughs> exactly that's why i was gonna say something but anyway um, you saw what happened when, um, you know, a, a, a lot of these European guys like Gamrot, these guys have been going over there and they've been hitting the Nas since they go over there. So Wada has a really, really complete game. He's got good, good strikes on the feet. Good. Uh, he's good at range, you know, in my opinion. Uh, he's got really good kicks. Uh, he'll throw calf kicks. He'll throw body kicks. He'll throw head kicks. Um, and yeah, he gets a little complacent on his back. But Morono's just not the guy to be laying juice. Like you know, you the only time he was ever a favorite, I think, is against Reese McKee. The other times, he's probably close to like pick him. Uh, you, ju you just you justify favorite though that that time. Against Reese McKee, he definitely he, he, did. I mean, who, he is, who can't but, justify favorite against Reese McKee? He who is. Can. He is an, a market underrated fighter. I mean, the guy was just I, plus one fifty and dusted. I think Zawada's uh, a market underrated fighter. Look at the guys that Zawada's been fighting. Like it, these are tough fights, Ben. You know, I think the Jiling Liang fight, um, it, it was kind of tough. Like that was, I think, an underwhelming performance. But the other, the other fights, I think he he uh, definitely pay, uh, paid off his price. I feel here, um, he'll be able to scramble up uh, against uh, Morona. Morona does not have good top control, and when they're at range, I think it's close to 50 50 uh on the feet because morono throws a lot of wide strikes um and i think he's getting a lot of hype off a of killing cowboy i think zawada would probably um have a competitive i don't know if he'll knock him knock cowboy out because he, he doesn't really have as much power in the hands but i think it'd be a competitive fight uh there and i think zawada's got a lot of upside overall um and i saw uh i think he was he was in the corner of like um tercio somebody 
Opac, watch that tape. He's looking a little, a little full, if you know what I mean. So I don't know how ready he is for this fight. He has not been training for a fight. He is a late replacement. Zawada is not. Zawada has been here and focused on getting a fight before maybe going back to Germany. Um, he's got a reach advantage here. So Zawada's aside, um, I was a little, I was kind of sleeping on on the price because uh, the the this fight card is just a little bit over underwhelming. But even at this like plus one twenty, you know, I think there's decent decent justification for um, Zawada maybe even be a favorite here, uh, as crazy as that might might seem. Um, and you know, I like him here still at plus one twenty, and I think uh, I'll have a little bit of a, a wager there. Yeah, interesting. And maybe look at the over because I think you know, even though both these guys have a lot of finishes on the record, um, they don't have that many times where they've been finished uh, themselves. I, yeah. I guess like they don't I don't think that you know I don't think either of these guys like even though I said about Morono's chin a little bit like I said I don't think uh Zawada has you know uh devastating power yeah what is, what is goes the distance here it should be like minus 200 it's not uh, for sure uh, minus so, oh, it is minus 150 yeah I mean I, I minus 165 it, I mean I I think this one's pretty likely I mean I guess Zawada submission is probably the 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 most reliable one right uh the most reliable it's 800 uh, finish uh yeah that's that's not bad uh I didn't know that about Morono coming in uh, late notice either I wonder how I wonder how much time he had to prepare for this one not a lot dude not a lot also I was supposed to fight uh Kara, some Sergey guy Oh yeah, Hondoskov, who's terrible. Go uh, watch, go watch what Alex Morono was looking like. I'm telling you, he's not looking that. Yeah, great. that's uh, he doesn't have many recent pictures on Instagram, which which does honestly worry me of him training. You know, um, but I, I'm sure I'm sure he's ready. Um, I, I'm picking Morono regardless. We're disagreeing on this one. Let's see who's right next week. Um, next fight, co-main event, heavyweight division. We have Tom Aspinall minus two forty, Sergey Spivak plus two hundred five. What are your thoughts on this heavyweight matchup in the co-main event, Ozzy? Everybody's talking about Sergey Spivak, like he's a side. This, you know, they just want to fade Tom Aspinall. I think overall, um, you know, Aspinall has had maybe a little bit of sketchy moments that you've seen uh, on tape, like some of his regional stuff where he's like caught on his back, and I think he might have gassed in one fight. But Sergey Spivak's awful, man. Like, you know, he's getting hit by uh, Olenek on the feet, like hit clean. If Olenek had any power, uh, he would he 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 would have um, put Sergey Spivak out cold. Um, and then Spivak was able to. To ground uh, Carlos Felipe and uh, J uh, Vandera um, a few times, and you know, finish Vandera, which is crazy. Vandera got finished by him, but Spivak, like this guy's just slow. He's plotting. If Aspinall does not fall apart and gas, I just don't see Spivak winning. Uh, uh, Aspinall has shown uh, at time uh, a, a few times uh, some. Um, you know, ground ability. I, I saw him, you know, go for a few submissions off his back. I think he got submitted by Stuart Austin, I saw. Um, but I, I just think that he, early on, and I mean, Spivak has no takedown entries, dude. The His takedown entries is going into the clinch, hanging on you, and then, you know, going for like single legs and double legs. He has no explosive takedowns. And when these guys are at range, Tom Aspinall is going to punch him clean in the face. If he gets, if he's getting hit consistently, by 
Alexei Olenek at range, and he's swinging back and forth with him with no defense. This guy can't even hold his hands up in the second and third rounds. Uh, and fortunate for him, uh, you know, uh, Olenek is completely gassed and, you know, can't get him out of there. But even when he's grappling, Olenek's able to get on top of him. Uh, and given, you know, that being said, obviously Olenek is a legit grappler, but it's not like this guy's a hammer on top at all. Um, you know, you, people are getting fooled by him holding down Carlos Felipe and Vandera. Like, are you kidding me? This, like this, th this should not even be, you know, much, much credit, you know, given there. Uh, I think on either of those, like Car Carlos Felipe wins striking battles uh, when, when he's, you know, at range against like these, a bunch of these, uh, you know, pudgy dudes. If Andre Arlovsky chooses to take uh, Felipe down, it's over. Uh, and it was, and it wasn't over against uh, Spivak. He was able to get up on multiple occasions and almost win that fight. I don't know how it was a majority decision. I think I guess he won a ten eight round, and then uh, Felipe won two ten nine rounds. Um, but I think the Aspinall more more than likely knocks this dude out in the first round. This price is going down. Um, and if it goes down further, you know, I don't like backing Brits and I don't like paying juice, especially on heavyweights. But I'll consider it if this goes, you know, much lower. Um, and that's how I really feel about Sergey Spivak and Tom Aspinall. I'll just, like I said, I think he has some uh, grappling game. He's definitely got power, um, and he's pretty accurate. The, that's the main thing that I think is probably underrated on a lot of these heavyweight guys or strikers at heavyweight. It's accuracy, man. You know, a lot of these guys have power, although Sergey Spivak has no power, and I'll regret it if he knocks out uh, Aspinall. But I don't think he has any power. Um, but Aspinall, the the main thing I feel is this guy's accurate, and I think he's in a uh, knock uh, Sergey Spivak out at some point. I think I'm going to disagree with like every single thing you possibly said. I'm disappointed in you, Ozzy. I'm disappointed. So, Explosive takedowns from Spivak. You're gonna. You're gonna. Uh, no, no, no. That? All right. That, there are a few things. Yeah, that is true. He doesn't. He he does kind of have to drag you along the fence first. But, like his striking. But but if uh, no, yeah, his striking is better. B minus. We agree on that. Um. So. <laughs> And, you know, you're like looking at this stuff from time to time as well. Tom Aspinall, he's got what nine wins, ten wins, and uh, only one of them comes out of round two. It was against Andre Arlovsky, and and don't 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 front about this. At the end of that round one versus Andre Arlovsky, did you kind of think the tides were turning a little bit there? Did you think that that Andre was starting to wake up? Of course, but that's Andre Arlovsky, 55 veteran, not Sergey Spivak. I'm telling you, they're very comparable at this stage of their career. Bro, come and on, I man. agree that come Andre. On. So Arlovsky looked like he was taking over, starting to land his hands. You know, he was getting caught in the pocket a little bit, Aspinall. And then he got that random double leg takedown, no hook, rear naked choke. That was such bullshit. You're not going to get Sergey Spivak with this. But I mean, the, the, guy, the fight has left round one three times i mean if you look at this guy's record actually most of his fights have ended in 90 seconds i'm i think yeah every one of his wins except andre arlovsky has been in less than 100 seconds um so i think there's good reason to fade this guy the stewart austin fight it was six years ago but he's in top position hammering away at stewart austin and then gets reversed and leg locked like 10 seconds later i mean it's a super embarrassing jujitsu moment a jujitsu uh fellow like yourself should have that you know burned into his memory and sergey spivak i thought there was a little bit of disrespect on on the moldovan monster there for uh ozzy because i think the guy is uh 
a competent striker. You know, he did outbox Philippe in round one, started to get outboxed in round two, but I think the guy's got a decent jab. He knows how to high guard. He knows how to, in my opinion, fight with kind of like a risk uh, adverse style, you know, I think he's not going to give Aspinall too many opportunities to box here. I think he's going to look to clinch and look to take uh, Aspinall down. That's definitely his best path to victory. But if the fight gets out of round one, if Aspinall uh, or if Spivak is able to survive that early onslaught, I think there's a good chance that Spivak can make this fight close in the striking in rounds two and three because Aspinall is just so unproven late in fights. You know, zero wins past six minutes, only one win outside of 100 seconds. And I think Spivak has the much more reliable cardio. He had a tough fight versus Carlos Philippe, dug deep in round three, got a dominant 10-8 round three. And when he's on top, he is active. He lands good ground and pound. He can submit you with arm triangles. He he knows how to keep top and he's heavy on top. And I think if Spivak gets on top of Aspinall here, he's going to land damage and he's going to put Aspinall in some bad positions. So I'm I'm fading your picks here. I'm going Spivak money line, and I'm on the over one and a half. I have a terrible, terrible, terrible record of betting heavyweight over one and a halfs. I think the last over I bet on Bet MMA was the Curtis Blades Derek Lewis one, which uh, infamous, infamously tanked one minute before the over. Um, but I'm going over one and a half here. I'm picking uh, Sergey to survive the early storm, and if the fight goes over one and a half, I think that really favors. Uh, the Moldovan monster here, Sergey Spivak. This guy so, couldn't even hold his hands up against Linick. Okay, oh yeah, let okay, me just so add that... in. Let me just add in. Okay, uh, Spivak is in on short notice. You look at his Instagram. He was in Russia like two weeks ago, taking pictures with his girlfriend and his and his uh, baby. This Family guy was not, time. That's good for the not, mental. It is good for the mental. He was not training for a, for a high level UFC fight, and I think he's getting iced here. It's just simple as that. And I will not take this Andre Arlovsky slander. Anymore, okay. No, Andre no, Lossky, I, I don't mean uh, to disrespect Andre. Andre Lasky got finished by Aspinall, right? He won three fight, three of his last four. He got cleaned by uh, uh, a strike and he lost the split decision to Sakai. I, if there's any plus money on this guy against uh, Carlos Felipe, I will max bet. Take this to the bank. I will max bet. Andre Lasky, I could get any plus money on him against Carlos Felipe. Oh okay? yeah, yeah, duh. Oh, I mean, this guy barely beats Carlos Felipe. No, he barely. did. He he he. Twenty nine, twenty seven. He, he barely won the third round. No, he. No, didn't. come on. Wait, no, no, no. I don't he, even he... remember the fight. I'll be honest. I didn't watch. Exactly. Like, Shut the fuck up. But it was a twenty nine, twenty seven. Spivak. Carlos Felipe was in off of like a three year layoff and and went to a decision with freaking Spivak. Spivak. I got a question. I got a question. When 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 the fighters are training with their dads, how does that make you feel? Is that that that's a is it a good Listen, if. No, it's not good. It's and very if Tom bad. Aspinall, I'll tell you right now, if Tom Aspinall loses, guess what? I'm right again because that shows that freaking British fighters are awful. I'm no, right no, again. No, no, no. You got to stay consistent I'm right, with that. And but that I'm means right either fading. way. In my opinion, mm. I'm right either way. I've been telling people fade these British dudes, but Sergey Spivak's not the guy. Come on. Nah, he is. He's, he's, he's guy, got a high. Bro. He's got an elite high guard. None of those punches from Aspinall are hitting him. It's just and so he's... easy to hit Spivak, dude. It just, no, even, no, if I'm Aspinall has any not with that high guard. cardio, dude. If that high guard is like a, a shield, bro, you cannot. But you're that. relying. Be honest. You're relying on uh, Aspinall to have shit cardio and fall apart. That's the only way that Spivak not, wins. Well, not that's not true. I mean, I'm not, not taking him down easy in the first round. Is not happening. It's not happening. You know, also, one thing you 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 claim that he is accurate. The man hurt Andrzejewski and spammed him with thirty strikes and still couldn't find a finish. I don't I don't see much accuracy there. 
I'm I just, mean, I'm saying that range. He's accurate. Yeah, he's not he's not bad with the jab, the one twos, and everything. But I think he's he's very front loaded. I think. I mean, can't you see a scenario where Spivak gets hurt early here, clings on, and then at, yeah, I mean that's what that's what we're gonna have. It's gonna course, happen. But I just gonna sting him. Bomb, he's gonna get tied up. He's gonna gas out. And, I don't uh, like Spivak, man. I don't no, like no, this guy. You need game. some throw some respect. Like you need to throw some respect on. I don't like this guy's game, man. I do not like it. All right, well, that's enough of this fight. Um, we're we're drawing a line. No Romanov. Um, next fight, main event of the card. Middleweight division favorite Darren Till minus one seventy seven. Derek Brunson plus one fifty two. Um, so I'm a big fan of Derek Brunson. Not the biggest fan of Darren Till. Uh, you know Brunson's been good to us as the dog in his past few fights, and he's the dog here again. And you know I think it is somewhat of a favorable matchup for Till. Till's definitely the better striker. You know he's pretty accurate with his punches. Uh, he's got good elbows as well. Got power in both of those strikes. And Derek Brunson is, you know, notoriously hittable, kind of fragile. And even in his most recent fight against Kevin Holland, when he was on the feet versus Holland, he did not look comfortable. He got hurt a few times in that fight. He got actually dropped pretty hard in round two there, um, but was still able to find that takedown because Kevin Holland's an idiot. So I definitely think that Darren Till is going to stun him at some point with a strike. It's just a matter of it of is Till smart enough to, to keep the distance, to not rush in and get overzealous and get taken down. Um, I think he probably is. He probably is smart enough to hurt him with the shot and then pick a shot and find a kill shot. But I really hope that Till rushes in recklessly, uh, finds himself tied up and gets himself taken down because after one or two takedowns from Brunson, I don't think Till is going to be getting up much. Um, Till looks pretty bad off of his back. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him there in a long time since like 2017, but he did struggle off of his back. And I think Brunson's going to, you know, be really heavy on top, especially, you know, middleweight. Um, Till is not really used to that middleweight pressure. I don't think we've ever seen him on bottom at middleweight. So if Brunson gets those takedowns, I think he's going to win minutes. He's going to win rounds and he's going to really deplete Till's chances of winning by knockout. So minus 177 for Till. I disagree with that. If you like Till, take him by knockout. If he's winning this fight, it's with his striking. If he's winning the striking, he's likely going to be hurting Brunson at some point. Take the plus money on Darren Till knockout instead of his money line. Because if this fight goes to the decision, are you really going to be, you know, feeling good about minus 177 on Darren Till? I do not think so. I think that if it goes to the decision, it's probably going to be Derek Brunson with the cardio wrestling advantage rounds three, four, and five and winning the fight. So I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Brunson here. I think there's a good chance he gets iced in rounds one or two here. Um, but I'll be cheering for the guy to survive that early storm, get his wrestling going, and uh, to suffocate Till on top. So um, definitely feeling a lot less confident in this one than we were last time around against Kevin Holm. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we both had multiple unit bets on Brunson there. Um, but uh, I definitely think he has a big risk in this one. But, uh, you know, I'm, I've never been too impressed with Darren Till, and I'm still not really. Uh, so. I'm not in love with the price tag. I'll pass this one over to you. Yo. So, I mean, Darren Till, you know, his middle, I mean, his whole career has been super underwhelming. Like, I mean, this guy's lost three of his last four fights. Um, he keeps getting big fights. <laughs> like, all his fights are, like, super big. Right. Um, Look at his main I, events. Six of his I, past seven are main yeah, events. Like, what I'll give, him I'll give him credit. You know, in the fight against uh, Robert Whitaker, he got taken down, I think, twice in the fifth round. He, he got up both times. But, 
Um, I think at that point, Whitaker was like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, this guy doesn't really have power anymore. I'm, I'm locking this uh, win up. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think Till definitely has potential to, to punch, uh, you know, Brunson really hard in the first like one or two rounds but Brunson I mean I think at this point you know he knows his strengths he knows uh, how he's gonna win these fights um you know till I think he's probably really bad on bottom like I, I just don't think that he's going to have um much get up ability you know from his back but i mean you see that you know brunson i mean the thing is with brunson he's easy to get countered because his head movement is just not there at all you know he'll throw a punch and then he'll come right back into a stance which you would think is good but the thing is he doesn't move his feet in and out of the pocket um at all i think till you know might even be able to land that elbow that he that he hit robert whitaker with because you know uh what's his name uh brunson's got that blonde hair it's easy target you know, to, to hit to hit a dude uh, in the head with that elbow, um, and you know, till against southpaw strikers, uh, I think he takes his time a lot more. Um, so I think that could be to his advantage um in you know uh potentially preserving some of this knockout power, um, depending on how much um you know Derek how aggressive Derek Brunson is. I think you know Brunson, you see all the times he gets knocked out, it's in the first round, and I think it's probably would be. I think it's better for Till, honestly, if Brunson's just super aggressive early on, because I think Till's pretty strong in the clinch. Um, and I don't, you know, Brunson doesn't have uh, the best takedowns at range. So I think most of his takedowns, if if and when they do come, are probably going to be against the cage in some yep. fashion, right? Like it's going to be pressing them against the fence, like getting some double legs, pulling them away, you know, something like that. But I think early on, it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough for him to 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 make that happen. And I think Till's going to be able to, you know, land some 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 clinch strikes, you know. Uh, maybe you know circle off the fence and then you know start start landing shots there uh soon thereafter so you know i think I, I i like brunson here a little bit because i do think eventually you know if if he doesn't get knocked out in the first round um and he does approach this fight uh in a more intelligent fashion he can make this quickly a very very close fight where like live odds would be either in his favor or, or very very close um i wouldn't lay this juice with like you said i wouldn't lay the juice with darren till i don't think that uh you know the the you know i don't see if if uh what's his name uh if brunson is losing i think he will get over aggressive potentially and there, there'll be a finish i do see mm -hmm. some people betting that under um but i mean honestly i'm not that uh interested in getting involved in the fight it's it would be brunson for me or pass um but i would you know be interested in this live line even potentially like even on till even if he loses that first round because i do think that brunson has some decent cardio but um you know, I, I think that Till can hang around and he's pretty good because he doesn't throw that many strikes. He's pretty good at conserving some of that gas tank. And, you know, there's always hairy moments in, um, in Brunson fights. Like he got head kicked by, uh, Ian Heinish. He, he got hit with a few strikes by, uh, Shabazian. That first round against Holland was crazy. Um, and Holland's just a clown. So there's not much you, you could take from that fight. Um, so we'll see if Darren Till could rise to the occasion. They definitely want him to win, but you know, Brunson, he's been on a good run here. Um, and let's see if he can, you know, implement that grappling game and, uh, you know, infinity. He should be looking to, for damage and, you know, submissions, I think, uh, on top of Till, not just holding them down so yeah um some interesting oh, props here brunson sub plus 2900 Brun brunson, brunson decision plus 500 also as well so prop is insane yeah i mean it has till sub at more uh, 23 to one so more likely than brunson that makes 
very little sense. No sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah. if it goes to decision, it's going to be favoring Brunson, like you said. Uh, and you know, good point about if Brunson's losing, he's going to come forward. He's going to get aggressive. He probably will get himself knocked out. And you can never favor that volume of Darren Till if it's going to the decision. Um, so it seems like we're in pretty good agreement with that one, but we definitely have some, uh, some disagreements on this card. Hopefully next week we'll see who's right. Um, we disagreed on the Dolce MAB fight, uh, Zawada, Morono, Aspinall, Spivak. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's see who's right about these predictions next week. So, um, what, any official track bets? I think the only one you have is, uh, Martinez, correct? The only one I have is Martinez and, yeah, that's the only one that I that I'll commit to. You know, I like I said, I'll I'll have some on Zawada. Um, I'll take I'll probably take a little bit of Luigi, especially you know this price going up. But you know, we'll we'll save the rest for later if there is yep. any. I got every day weekend. Spivak, the over in Spivak ends by knockout in the Martinez and the Erosa fight. So four track bets on my bet MMA t- page. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Only 10 fights this week, but still a pretty entertaining card. And, uh, you know, any closing thoughts, Ozzy? No, I think I gave a lot. Word, word. Sounds good. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We are coming off of our first collective losing week, but we'll bounce back (laughs) this week, I'm sure, with some profit. These bets, those bets we gave these guys, they made money on it. There's no lose. These guys made money on on those uh, bets we gave them last week. There's no way. I gave them Danny Rod, D-Rod. I gave them Sabatini sub. I I told them uh, bet on that duel. And these guys made money. True, true. Yeah. If you listen to everything Ozzy said, yeah. Possibly. Um, Everybody lost on Edson. Everybody lost on Edson. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Um, All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Hope you all enjoy the card this weekend. Hope you all win some bets and we'll see you before the next UFC event. Peace out. Peace out.